All right, gentlemen, are we ready? Ready. May fire when ready. Geek Fanology. I am your host, Neil Cordray, and I'm joined this week by... The one, True Ben. Yeah. Mike. Yeah, in fact, we have everyone except Wookiee who's on sabbatical still. And I will continue to mention that awkwardly until he comes back, which may never happen. So, um... <laughs> just to make him feel awkward. We love you, Wookiee. Um, just to make you feel awkward. So. No. Haha, <laughs> you see what I did there? I, I, I heard what you did there, and I'm wincing at it still. <laughs> We're going to talk about Solo because it's worth talking about. Um, standard rules apply, no spoilers, followed by music, followed by spoilers. Um, I think I might bust out my Kazoo uh, Star Wars theme uh, opening again. <laughs> because that wasn't painful enough the first time everyone heard it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, before that, there's a lot of interesting geeky news to cover. We're not going to cover nearly all of it. Um, here's the thing. E3 happened. There was a lot of E3 that E3'd. Yep. If you want to know about what happened during E3, check out any one, check out any or all of the massive E3 coverage, here is three things that we care about. Mike, you want to start? Sure. Um, <clears throat> arguably the most unexpected uh, announcement, Battletoads is coming back. They're going to be doing a <laughs> Battletoads game on Xbox One, and of course it's an Xbox One exclusive because Rare does exclusive work with Xbox, mm -hmm. like Killer Instinct, etc., etc. Well, that's because... Um, well, they, they were purchased by Microsoft. Yeah, I was going to say, it's because yeah, Rare is they're, owned by Microsoft. Yeah, that's, Although, that's old news. Killer Instinct is on PC as well. Uh, well, PC is still Microsoft. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, Battletoads. Um, <clears throat> not a whole lot to know about it yet, uh, aside from the fact that it seems to be uh, very similar to the original Nintendo Entertainment System game that we all know and love. Uh, in the sense that it is a you know action platformer thing, and they they highlighted like you know couch co-op and all that good stuff, which is good because I'm sick and tired of games that are like co-op, but it has to be online because of reasons. Now my question is, are they going to include couch kill your kill your uh, your uh, brother because you punched him mm. as he was trying to make a jump? See, that was a game within the game, is to backstab the person you're playing the game with and mess them up and punch them until they. They go like st until they get stunned or whatever, and then you pick them up and throw them off a cliff like WE style. That was yeah. fun. That was good times. I remember my brother and I would would like occasionally bicker, and then it would result in one of us beating the other toad up and throwing the toad off a cliff. <laughs> so that was I just need to remember times. to include game mode A and game mode B. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, I would assume they probably have like a toggle for that, like a friendly fire type mm -hmm. thing. Um, but yeah, um, Battletoads. But it should be included. My, my main uh, worry about that is that it's uh, just as cheaply difficult as the original game was. I want it to be challenging, but I don't want it to be, like, cheap slash impossible. Because that was the thing with Battletoads for me is um, there's, like, the, the first and second levels were all well and good. And then the third level is that stupid, and, of course, anyone who's played this will know what I'm going to say. The stupid, like, tunnel race thing the where are these little, like, hover things. Like, I don't even know what you call them. They're, like, hover... Bikes, I guess. Yep. Hover bikes, yeah. And it, I could get pretty far, but then there'd be this one insanely long jump that 
you, it seemed like it was impossible to. I maybe pulled that off like one time. You have to fan the jump button when you hit the balls. And then I couldn't, uh, you know, finish the stage from there. So yeah. But hey, I kind of want it to be exactly that hard. Well, if it results in you only playing a fraction of the game, then it should be that hard. But you should have infinite lives. <clears throat> well, that would be fair. That's the thing is I don't want to like play the same stretch of game fifty million times. There's going to be a point where I'm like, all right, this okay. isn't worth it anymore. Yeah, <clears throat> especially you know because now I'm an adult that has to adult, so I can't yeah. just play it ad nauseum. There comes a sucks. point if I get if something seems like like I can't find something in a game or something, I will just look that crap up because I have to move on with my life. Right. You know? <laughs> Because so, there's yeah. some other teenager out there who's done that. Exactly. 50 million times. But yeah, um, Battletoads, that's a thing. Hopefully it doesn't suck. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic because I think they did a good job with reviving Killer Instinct. Well, you know, uh, Battletoads showed up in Killer Instinct, too. Yeah, I'm aware. DLC. Cross, weirdly cross-promotional now that Battletoads is going to be a thing again. I know, right? Almost like it's they almost like it. they planned it. Yeah. <laughs> like they knew. It's almost as if they were developing the game or at least planning it. Right. Not sure how long ago that was that they added them, but what do you so, want to talk about? If, as though we didn't know. Yeah. Fallout seventy six because I am the Fallout fanatic. So Fallout seventy six is coming out November nineteenth is the release date. Uh, we got new trailers for it. And Wait, you're telling me a AAA game comes out in November? Mm-hmm. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah, just it's not October. <laughs> yeah, you know the, the Steelbook right? edition is going to be uh, is going to be one I might actually want to try and pick up. The Steelbook, the <coughs> collector's edition. Oh, the the uh, power armor. It includes a power armor helmet. Yes, I you know I <laughs> a tried, wearable power armor helmet. I tried I tried ordering that one. They don't have any left. They probably don't. Well, yeah, not yet. Well, I did pre-order it, guys. Yeah, in your special editions. Oh yeah. The only thing, I, the only one I really... Uh, I want that because I'm trying to build my own suit of, pro, of prop power armor, and the helmet's hard. <laughs> well, if it's going to be functional, then I guess I can't begrudge you that. <laughs> you, yep. can <laughs> yeah. you can wear it. The only now, one I really dropped money on was the big Imperial edition for Elder Scrolls Online, which I do not regret because the Molag Ball statue and the lore book are friggin' amazing. So, uh, the uh, this one is going to be set 20 years after, or 25 years after the war. So it's going to predate all of the others. Yeah. Uh, so you can see everything from the others, you know, that way they don't have to come up with all new architecture. Um, and uh, it looks like, I, I poured through the, uh, poured through the, um, the, um, the trailer, and it looks like we're going to see some new products, like was it uh, Dark Horse Lager, and, uh, or something like that. Um, new games, new, new, new things like that. <coughs> set in West Virginia <coughs> pardon me covering an area that is bigger than the area of Fallout 4 which is which is funny because it's not supposed to be one of their iterative games it's an, it's an in-between yeah this isn't Fallout 5 right in the looks of things it's, yeah it's um, and it takes it's more of a survival uh, survival sandbox yeah but maybe yeah. that's why it's bigger because of the nature of the game they kind of yeah, need it to be uh, but also, you can play with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's server-based. It's kind of like Conan Exiles in that. Okay. Or Rust. Yep. Yeah, or Rust. Um, or Rama <clears throat> 2. So, yeah, it's... Uh, um, 
they've got a couple of uh, or Daisy. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of them. Yeah, there are a lot of them. But it's, it's almost like this MMO. is this was a fad like three years back. Right, but it's not an MMO. Uh, it's not an, uh, a battle royale is a new fad apparently. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a it's not an MMO. Which a lot of people the new Battlefield they they got rid of the single player game so they could insert a a a, a what you call it a battle royale mode instead. Yes. So let's ride trends, everyone. It's a business. At the end of the day. <laughs> Yeah, so um, looking forward to that one. They got a lot of new, a lot of new gear and a lot of new uh, monsters, evidently. So it looks interesting. Yep. Um, and to keep up with me being the person who made a top ten Lovecraftian horrors, um, Call of Cthulhu has a new trailer which I haven't actually seen yet, but I will. But I will, and I want to highlight it because I am. Cautiously optimistic and at the same time horribly depressed about the concept of them making a game based off of the Call of Cthulhu. Because this isn't just based off of like the Call of Cthulhu like pen and paper role playing game. They're talk- talking about actually basing off the story Call of Cthulhu, if I understand correctly. Hmm. Well, I want I don't know. I, I only read a, uh, an excerpt from an article, but from what I read, it said that. They were referring to the inspiration being the role-playing game. Okay, well, that Not could be actual. That, that could be better, story. but in any case, here's the problem: it is damn hard to do Lovecraftian horror correctly in a video game. I would point your your attention towards uh, Eternal Darkness. I know? didn't say it's impossible. I said it's damn hard. Right. And one of the main reasons for that is because Lovecraftian horror is inherently nihilistic. And right. you need and and and, uh, and modern players don't tend to like the fact that if you do a crafty and horror right, even if you win, you go insane or you die. lose. Yeah, well, that's the nature of a game, right? Is you expect a game to be able to be won. Yeah. So that is a little bit counterintuitive. Oddly enough, one of the best Lovecraftian-esque games I can think of in terms of having at least that effect. Um, properly was Spec Ops the line. Um, Because by the end of the game, sure, you've won, you've completed all your objectives, but you're either dead or a madman. It's basically uh, Apocalypse Now, which is basically Heart of Darkness. Yeah. (laughs) Or 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 Diablo. Oh, yeah, the end of Diablo. That's that's one of the old school nihilistic, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, fatalistic or whatever. To a a certain extent, the end of Fallout 1. Yeah. Yeah. Where it comes out from the vault. Yeah, but that one had that, that one had more more hope to it. Well, especially since you also got Fallout Two. True. But so, yeah, it's yeah difficult. I I am concerned. My my opinion of of Call of, the, of Cthulhu is going is it will be either excellent and amazing, or absolute garbage. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's going to be anywhere in between. Well, I feel like when you have. Um, when you have interesting like uh, ideas uh, and uh, concepts like you know Lovecraftian stuff, uh, now it doesn't have to be necessarily just you know iterating an established IP. But when you have something like that, it kind of cries out to be at least attempted to be uh, created in a different form of media, because mm-hmm. like that's the whole nature of like 
experimentation and creativity and artistic expression is to try to do something in a different way or do something completely new and blah 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 because like if you go back through gaming history which admittedly is still very short when compared to something like you know movies or whatever (laughs) (laughs) well we're just talking about media in general but uh, you know when you compare that to like you know film or something um, not as short as you would think actually well I mean film like silent movies and stuff you're going back over a hundred years yeah so it's still well, pretty you're going back around 70 yeah, well it's relative <laughs> so I'm not talking about the just sheer length of years I'm talking about compar- relative to other media that is way older that's yeah, all I'm saying okay. fair enough but yes now that we have now that we're not kids anymore it's a lot you know a lot longer history than it was but anyway point is um, the uh, there, there are a lot of games there are a lot of points uh like milestones in gaming history where they have pulled something off that people would think was impossible. Yeah. You know? Um, well, I think a good example of that is making interesting games out of Vampire the Masquerade. You know, people would think that you couldn't really pull off... A lot of people would think you couldn't really pull off that world, and I would argue that Bloodlines is a good argument in the favor of if you have the right team, to have the right passion, and, like, you know... Uh, ideas that you can take something that you think is almost impossible to replicate in a video game setting and do it. It's almost like the game studio Black Isle was really, really good at everything they did and was unjustly shut down. Now, Bloodlines, that was Troika. Which was made out of the remnants of Black Isle. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) When Black Isle died, it got turned into Troika, which made three games before it died. Yeah. And all three of those games were really good. And really buggy. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have the best QA. That was the problem. But their games always had very solid, like, conceptual ex- execution. That's because they had good writers. Yeah. What, what, what were Black Isle known for in the day? Uh, Baldur's Gate, ah, Fallout yes. 1 and 2, Planescape Torment. I knew Planescape. I couldn't uh, remember what else was in Yeah, and, and none uh, of these games... So basically isometric CRPGs. Yeah. Yeah, and none of these games are, you know, in any way bad, you know. No, they're all really good games. Just they all were kind of buggy at one point. Or yeah, another. it's more about the execution. Yeah. As far as like uh, QA and like releasing, like Bloodlines got, you know, I won't get too much on a tangent here, but it got delayed a million times and it was buried in, you know, yeah. Like, the, the half-life they're, hype, and there are a lot of issues with their pipeline. why it couldn't be successfully... Their pipeline sucked. Exactly. But their, writer, but their writing staff and their development <coughs> staff were really good at making games. And does it, it serves as a reminder, um, you know, you still have to balance the artistic side with, like, the business side and stuff, or else, guess what? If the studio shuts down, you can't make anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, you got to have some people that are able to kind of write the ship. But anyway... Oh, also point is be ambitious, try new stuff. Also, big big news out of uh, out of E three that I almost forgot to mention. Uh, there was absolutely zero mention of Half Life three. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I do find it funny that we live in an age where Duke Nukem Forever has been out for years now, <laughs> and Half Life three is now the joke. Yeah. Even worse because it, we know it will truly never happen because they don't even really make games. No, they don't have to. All they all they make is money. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, except that's actually probably falling apart. Pretty that, that that seems to be falling apart right now too, because Steam because the Steam storefront is an absolute shit show. 
How many S, S uh, sounds can I can I uh, stream it? That, that's a whole episode. <laughs> How many S sounds can you simultaneously stream? <laughs> yes. Yeesh. Can I squeeze into my sequence of speech? Yes. Yeah, otherwise it's like, yeah. there's a thing E3 that happened. happened, there are a lot of things, go watch the yes. things. E3 happened, there were many things that happened. Um, E3, you can look E3, at E3. You can look at them. Um, the apparent general <coughs> consensus of the internet that I am aware of was the Nintendo one, because Super Smash Bros. Ultimate has Ridley in it. Um, <laughs> that appears to be, <laughs> from what I can see... There's a Ridley in my game. Your argument is invalid. That's, that's the hype right now. <laughs> uh, you everyone, get so hype up at the most random Everyone's things. mad, but of course, you, you can't please... You, you can't even please the Nintendo fanboys because Waluigi isn't in the game. And I can almost hear the fanboys' cries from the distance. Wah! Wah! Indeed. <laughs> What's that clattering? Is that the clutching of pearls? <laughs> it's basically a joke character. Now people are like honestly, genuinely outraged that he's not going to be in the game. Well, I mean, Wario was good in the game. Why couldn't you do something with Waluigi? He actually has backstory, which is humorous. Um, yeah, Waluigi backstory. No, he actually does have established backstory. Uh, I wasn't saying it doesn't exist. I was laughing at the concept of it. He's not like some... deep into fanboy He's not Turn back. Yeah. Abandon all hope. You, you enter. enter. Yeah. <laughs> Wario and Waluigi aren't like... Aren't some like alternate universe um, Mario and Luigi, despite their names. Okay, I know I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to yeah. ask the question. Are Waluigi and Wario brothers? No. Well, that, that was actually what I was getting at. Okay. Waluigi just started randomly hanging out with Wario one day, <laughs> according to according to the canon that I heard at one point, and like they just started hanging out because why not? That was yeah. a facepalm. Okay. What? That's the backstory. <laughs> yeah, it's a rich the... it's a rich deep lore. Man. Well, no, there's he, he has a, he has other characteristics too, but. There's there's no direct relation between them or the Super Mario Brothers, which is interesting to me. There's so a shut stalkers. up. They're creepy fanboy stalkers. So, speaking of uh, things uh, falling apart, Felina Hopkins and Kakigate. Yes. Why don't you tell us more about Kakigate, even though I also know things about Kakigate, but you can say it instead. Okay. So, yeah, because I wasn't here last time to do this it. Is, this is your topic, not mine. Okay. <laughs> So, um, last time we talked, I talked about Felina Hopkins uh, issuing a um, temporary restraining order and uh, injunction against uh, Kevin Duper, and she added a couple other people to it because of the uh, Cocky Collective uh, anthology uh, that is a parody of of her Cocky trademark. So, um, long story short. Uh, and it was it. Uh, what's the guy's name that we've watched? Leonard French, your Leonard favorite F copyright attorney. Your favorite copyright attorney, Leonard French, actually does a good takedown of this because I read the actual transcripts, all forty-six pages of it. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> he just hits the highlights. <laughs> he hits it's a thirty-minute video, but he hits the highlights. Have, yeah. And he gives. I'm an actual lawyer. Let me interpret some of this for you. <laughs> yeah, let me translate this shit into English for you. Um, <laughs> Um, because evidently lawyers use a lot of the same words in very different ways. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, um, 
the judge basically said, fuck no, um, to the uh, restraining order and injunction. Uh, as a matter of fact, completely knocked Kevin Newper out of the case. Yep. Um, because evidently she was trying to, as usual, aim too low or high. Um, and uh, so basically said, mm, fuck no. Um, you know, you're, you can't. Now we go into discovery. Yeah. Discovery uh, is when everybody starts building their actual cases. Yeah. This is going to end up probably going in front of an actual judge with evidence and shit. Either that or she's going to A, run out of money, or B, end up getting thrown out. That, uh, there, there are those options as well. Hopefully with prejudice. Um, um, dismissed with prejudice would be ideal. So the other side of this is that not too long ago, uh, she wrote an open letter to her previous self. And it was this self... Uh, self-congratulatory gaslighting um, thing about where you probably shouldn't have done this because then you made everybody, all the all the evil people, really, really mad. As a, as a bit of an outsider on this, <clears throat> let me just jump in here real quick and make the point that no matter who it is doing it and what the topic is about, even if there are valid points to be made, if you pin an open letter to yourself that's automatically a really stupid, douchey, virtue-signaling move. It's a very least incredibly pretentious. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I would I would say, you know, okay, about something recent, yeah. I mean... Well, uh, but it's gimmicky, right? Like, yeah. If you, it's if it's you, a good if, framing if, device. If you want to admit... Well, yeah. of course, I'm sure this is far from what she's actually doing, but I'm just saying, hypothetically, if someone does this, uh, if someone has something to say substantively, just make it a general open letter. Don't yeah. make it to your yeah. past self. Just say, hey, here's... Now that things have happened... Here's my new take on whatever. Just Here's say, how I fucked it all up. Don't don't wrap it up in some weird gimmick. Anyway, exactly. That's, that's all I gotta say. Well, about no, but and, when and, you're and, an and, author, and, you want to couch it in some framing device because you're inclined to do so. And, and you don't have to do it. Protection. She gets called out. She gets called out on the exact on that very thing, uh, in some of the ones, and in some of the things I've seen about it. Um, but yeah, it is really. She is still pushing it and. The the from from what I because I, I, I also watched the Leonard French video. In fact, I sent it to Ben because Ben isn't subscribed to to your favorite copyright attorney. I am. Um, <laughs> he's, I don't know if you are now, but <laughs> but he uh, the 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 thing that I took away from that was what the judge said um, in the question of in the question of the uh, the Polaroid the test. Polaroid test. Which is kind of the standard question, the, the, the tests for whether something is trademarkable. Um, and it was, and one of the one of the questions you ask is, if if this is causing confusion, is it causing substantive uh, economic harm to to the to the, the due to the confusion? And the answer the judge had was, well, yes, it would, to all involved parties, whether you honor the trademark or don't honor the trademark, these gonna be people who are whose livelihoods are damaged as a result. Right. However, he also said that if he were to balance it out between the plaintiff and the uh, and the defendant mm. that he was inclined towards the defendant. Because it would cause such irreparable damage to more to the defendant. 
but and also potential undiscovered defendants. Now, the other thing that, that French did not cover that I read in there mm -hmm. was where the judge basically turns around and goes, how stupid do you think these readers are uh, in, the, in the idea that it's going to cause confusion that they will not be able to tell who mm -hmm. wrote this effing book? Right. Uh, he's, he's well, going, I mean, it's the... The author's name is right on the cover. It's the people who consume $3 Amazon but here's the romance thing. A novels. Fan of I'm that. sorry to insult everyone who listens to but unless you're consuming that humorously or ironically, there I could I could see the cause of confusion. Okay, no. Yeah, I don't because, really see it that way. No, because, Perhaps I'm being massively insulting. I probably well, am. Well, here, here's the thing. You could probably not tell my books from a lot of other urban fantasy books because they are so similar in the cover. But what you're going to look for is the name of the author, not the name of the book. Yeah. See, here's the analogy. And that's that the, is that I, def I definitely. Let, let's say that somebody is. Um, let, let, let's say. Although you own Demon's Apprentice on on uh, searching and optimization. <laughs> let, let's say that someone is uh, <coughs> either um, a food snob or at the very least, let's just they, let's say they have a certain threshold of standard for like how good or at least you know not terrible for you. Uh, and when I say good, I mean like taste good. Mm -hmm. Like from like, how how good does something taste, and how uh, how nutritious is it for you? Let's say there's some sort of threshold there, right. uh, and then you have someone who has no standards whatsoever, and they'll just eat at any fast food dive, whatever. Right. So if if you look at person B there, and they they consume fast food all the time, they have no stands whatsoever, they just do whatever, they, they just eat whatever they feel like eating, they just stop by whatever drive through is nearest or whatever. Yeah. Do you think that person's going to be confused about what drive through they're in? Do you think right. they're going to mix up a Wendy's with a McDonald's? No, yeah. that's asinine. Exactly. So it doesn't matter what it is you're consuming or what subjective opinions view it as, because it's like, it may seem obvious to me that certain certain books or games or whatever are crap compared to others. At the end of the day, it's a subjective opinion. How did you turn on my television? So it doesn't matter. Uh, um, because Somebody sit on the remote. Oh, I've got the, the remote. Yeah. Aha. I was going to say because Alexa knows all and is, you know, learning everything about you. But Yeah, except this TV is not voice controlled. I just saw Amazon pop-ups, I assume. So, but yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> there is, however, an Amazon button on the uh, and that's what I hit on the uh, on the remote. Touche, touche. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're exactly right. So I don't feel that people are going to, regardless of what you think of what they consume, that doesn't mean that they're going to like mix it up. If anything, you can make the other argument is right. if they are so being an asshole. Well, you could be wrong by saying without being an asshole. I mean, don't beat yourself up. I, I would say, I, I would, yeah, exactly. It's our job to give you shit. But I would say, if anything, it's the, it's the exact opposite of the argument. Is if they are regularly reading a particular genre of book that often, they are less likely to get confused about it. Mm -hmm, exactly. If you, you could, you could say, oh, classic literature. Let's use something that people are gonna like. You know, on an objective measure, where people don't have skin in the game, they're gonna be like, oh, that is that is more quality. That's more intellectually stimulating than like you know, trashy pulp romance stuff or whatever. Well, okay, if they're reading a lot of that, they're not going to mix up those authors. So again, it doesn't matter what it is you're consuming. It goes back to, it's silly, they're not going to mix it up. Exactly. So I agree with you and the judge 100%. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, a lot of a lot of romance writers and people like myself are going, how stupid do you think your readers really are? Yeah, I'm just being a snob is the problem. Well, but I acknowledge it. Yeah. And again, it's like, it, you know, this is another thing way. that, like, this I don't see this ending well for her because oh yeah uh, no. 
it, it, it people that are on her side can be chased away because they're like, oh, wait a minute, I actually read her stuff regularly, and now she is basically saying that I'm an idiot. Basically, yeah. you know, disrespecting her uh, readership or whatever. Yeah, her. Yeah, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds. Whether yeah. you're an author, or a video game even designer, even if she wins this case, it doesn't end well for her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even if. Yeah, she I, I put no caveat on it. By the way, I just said it would not end well for her. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not going. It's not going to. I am agreeing with you. Yes. And taking it to its extreme, because Indeed. even if she wins this case, well, the whole nature of the thing is extreme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is true. All that happens then, um, because there's now a trademark in effect, she doesn't get back royalties for people who use the, who use their trademark. Yeah, everybody has a set amount of time to change the titles of their books, which happens the next day. The trademark is not a time machine. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, um, and then everybody hates her. Yep. Well, and the thing is, is that switching a title is not that easy. Not at all. Because, I mean, granted, you can switch a title in, uh, you know, on Amazon, but when you go to do that, if you have anything about that, for instance, um you have to also recommission your cover art. If you have swag, bookmarks, right. you know, anything with that title on it, ads, you've got to redo that shit. Yep. So, yeah, it's, you know, and this is just, I mean, yeah. Th- it still happens rapidly. It, it costs money and it does not happen rapidly because Getting the getting the art redone, that doesn't you know. So how are we doing on time? You ready for the main event yet? Yeah, we should probably get started. Seeing as we've been talking for thirty minutes, and we haven't even gotten to the main event yet. Okay, so well, that's generally break down anyway, about thirty minutes ish. Right. So yeah. we're about we're good. Oh, so did we spoiler of the week? Oh yeah. Uh, what is spoiler of the week? Spoiler of the week. This Han shoots first. Yeah. So that leads into my introductory line. Gota solo. <laughs> Indeed. So, non spoiler stuff. Okay. Non spoiler stuff. Um, let's start with the elephant in the room. Critics have been lambasting the lead character. At least some, some character, some, uh, the lead actor, I should say. I think that that is unfair. But did they do that ahead of the movie actually releasing, or are you talking about actual reviews after they've actually seen the movie? So, so uh, a little of column A, a little of column B. Because I haven't read any reviews yet. I just checked the scores on Rotten Tomatoes. But yes, I, I would agree with your premise. People have been complaining about the actor playing Han Solo, whose name I don't know because I never know actor names. Yeah, it's something, I don't know. With an A. It's that one guy. Um, <laughs> it's the guy in the thing. I'll, I'll look it up. Here's the thing. There is no actor you could get to play young Han Solo that fans and critics who care about this sort of thing would, would appreciate unless you went back in time and kidnapped 22-year-old Harrison Ford. Yeah, and I would say... Uh, 
you know, the way I, I would basically distill it down, the thing, the idea I would distill it down to is, uh, now I will, I will use an analogy, but put the caveat that I'm not saying that the performance is as good as, because obviously it's hard to have any performances as good as Heath Ledger as the Joker in The Dark Knight is a friggin' amazing performance. But I'm using this example because when I was watching that, um, it is is what I want out of a performance is I don't, the actor mel melts away. Now granted, he had a bunch of paint on his face, but regardless of that, the, the actor melted away and I just saw the character as the character. Now, this performance wasn't nearly as mind-blowing as that. It was just a good performance. But when I watched Solo, I just saw Han Solo. Yeah. I wasn't caught up in the actor. I wasn't like, oh, who is this kid? What's his name again? How young is he? What has he been in? I was just like, yeah, this is Han Solo. And yeah, I watched no, he was great. I just yeah. bought in. And I believe he... Oh, here's the name, by the way. I, I hope I'm saying this right. Alden... Ehrenreich? Ehrenreich? E-R-I-N-R-I-C-H? E-H-R-E-N-R-E-I-C-H. Yeah, that's definitely Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. Okay. Yes. Good job, Alden Ehrenreich, because I know you listen to this podcast. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and, and that's the thing. This is, I mean, I saw Han Solo's voice. I heard Han Solo's voice. Yeah, and he had a lot of his mannerisms. And right. He had the right amount of cocky swagger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Careful. That was the other thing about that was it's it's far too descriptive. That was that was the other argument. It's, yeah. it's descriptive, not uh, not transitive. Um, That's a good point, though, about how you say the right amount because yes, he's uh, you know cocky, cocky, cocky. I'm just gonna say it, uh, <laughs> but not too cocky because he's also younger, not as experienced. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's believable. He, you don't feel like he's trying to imitate the performance of the original trilogy. He's just being him at that point in his he's life. Doing, he's I feel like we should be saying penisy instead just to make everyone... That's great, kid. Don't get penisy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, That's enough yeah. of that joke, too. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, because Selena Hopkins is going to find us and sue us because she listens to us, too. Um, <laughs> hey, use the hashtag, you never know. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, I think he did what uh, what uh, Ewan McGregor did with with Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Is he he took it back a few steps? Right. You know, he he got the influx the inflection on the words right. He got the the walk the moves, but he just kind of dialed it back a little bit. Um, and Ewan was a really good was a really good. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is like he didn't try to just be Alec Guinness again. He yeah. had his own spin on it, but it was still it was still similar enough that it wasn't a completely different character. How are you going to be Sir Alec Guinness? Well, first you have to get knighted. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure he is actually Sir Ewan McGregor too. Yeah, you get a, it's it's even unlocked. It's yeah. easy to get a knighthood when you're when you're an actor in England and if you're a star mostly musician. <laughs> if you're mostly famous, Sir Elton John. Musicians yeah. can, yep. can do it too, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean he yeah he he got the performance right just like Donald Glover. Oh man, oh, he man. was such a great Lando. Oh man, I, mean, I don't think that surprised I, any of us, but it's worth it. I want a solo Lando movie. Wait, that's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you might want to rephrase that. I want a Solando movie. We had this was called Solo. I want a movie called Lando. Or I guess actually no. If we're following the 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 naming conventions, it would be Calrissian. But still, yeah, no, Lando works better. Lando works better. No, 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 capes. No capes. He was just perfect. Everything you've heard about me is true. I mean, that was that was pure Billy Deal Williams, man. I feel like that's almost a spoiler. Man. Was that in, was that in the trailer? That was in the trailer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We won't get into too many specifics because that's going to be spoiler talk. But yeah, just broad stuff like great performance. Again, similar in the sense that he didn't like outright imitate everything. Yeah. And it was a younger version of the character, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, it was good stuff. I mean, he had the he had the slight clipped. You know, slightly clipped um, endings to the words that Randy right. Williams did. You know, at, at points. Uh, I feel like they have a good dynamic in the movie too, where it's like it's similar to what you see later, and you kind of get it. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and, and it just <coughs> another another thing that I think is pretty non-spoilery uh, for all those wondering um, how much Chewbacca is in the movie. There's plenty of Chewbacca in the movie. He's yeah, and he's great. He comes in quick and then just sticks around. Yeah. Came in like a Wookiee ball. Yeah. Um. Who pl- was it? Still Peter Mayhew? Yeah. Or? No. Oh no no he just consulted on it. Okay. Yeah. They who, got a new um, person for the action. Who'd they get? Who'd they get in the suit? I'm trying to get that. Uh, I question. He was tall enough, which is really all yeah. you really need <laughs> to, right? to play. To play. No no no. no. He was. pronounce it right. This is this is why they had Peter Mayhew do this because Peter had to learn a whole new way of walking and moving right. and things like that to portray a Wookiee. I bet Peter wishes that he had a Peter Mayhew for when he was first doing that. <laughs> he had to learn the yeah. hard way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Juni- Junis Junas Junas Suetamo. I I don't know. I need a pronunciation key for some of these people. Yeah, because I just like. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Well, still he 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 did. But it's like, hey, he he you, did good enough that I wondered whether Peter Mayhew was still right. acting, even though which he's is like basically the best compliment, eighty-five or something. <laughs> so, yeah. well, and with Peter, it's mostly his knees. Um, yeah, yeah. You know. But uh, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of chewy goodness. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and what's his name? The guy who played who plays the guy, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, that's his name. I like Wait, Woody Harrelson. Tobias, yeah. I pretty much just like Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he's a like. He only ever really plays Woody Harrelson, but that's okay because I like Woody Harrelson. <laughs> kind of like Christopher Walken. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel like uh, he wasn't quite just Woody Harrelson in this. Like, I feel like he he actually he kind of got he, out of himself. He, I, yeah. I, I feel like he kind of mixed it yeah. up a bit. In, in my opinion, Woody Harrelson Harrelson always plays Woody Harrelson playing someone. If that makes sense. I mean, in a technical sense, sure, because everyone's an actor playing yeah. a part, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I always feel like he never really, like, you never really lose Woody Harrelson in the character, at least in my in my. I, I do feel that he's one of those personalities where it's hard to see past the actual person into the character he's playing. Yeah. Because yeah. so, he yeah. doesn't subsume enough of himself. Mm-hmm. I think he was, his right. was one of the weaker roles in the movie. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it was Iron Fist good. 
Um, <laughs> I like that that's a term. Ooh. Yeah, no, it was a serviceable performance. Yes. It wasn't bad by any stretch, uh, but it wasn't like... I didn't think about it after the fact, like, man, he really nailed A, B, and C. Whereas with uh, the Solo and Lando roles, I'm like, wow, these are specific things that I think yeah. they did really well. And with Chewie, you didn't even see anyone other than Chewbacca. Yeah. Right. You know. Um, of course, that helps when, you know... 190. Which is so much on solo line. Just just completely random. You look great. <laughs> yeah. Um I uh, like how they finally explained in a movie the Kessel run. Yes. I yeah. don't feel like that's much of a spoiler. Uh, yeah, okay, they go to Kessel. Yeah, I mean I think that's even in trailers. Yeah. Well, and they've been trying to explain the Kessel run in terms of how distance equals speed. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of complicated yeah. stuff there going is, on there. Yeah. There is, yeah. But they finally, you don't have to go to a book yeah. to find out what the hell people are talking about, even though probably it was just George Lucas screwing up right. uh, what he initially wrote. Yeah, well, here's, <laughs> the thing, here's the thing. Let me take a moment to address that, uh, the, the Kessel thing. Uh, what I like about it is it wasn't like they started with the premise of, okay, it's gotta be Kessel and we gotta make this make sense. I feel like they had they had the bare bones stuff and then they they figure out basically what the heist was, whatever the thing was yeah. in the movie, and then they said, Hey, let's just call it Kessel. Yeah. Like that's essentially what they did. If, it, yeah. if they called it something else, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. It right. wouldn't have affected anything. It would have been just as good. This is true. But because they made it Kessel, they also then simultaneously covered what you just said. So that was just kind of like the cherry on top for the, yeah. the Star Wars fans. You know? right. Speaking of, that's a good thing to point out. This is a heist movie. It right. is. Pure and simple, it's a heist movie. Yep. Which is not a bad thing. And we get the... My favorite uh, Marvel movie was a heist movie, too. Yeah, and we get the, we get the whole beginning of Han's reputation of dropping... <coughs> Uh, yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> you know, the first sign of an imperial, an imperial cruiser. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, well he didn't. Wasn't imperials, but and anyway, we can get into that in spoiler territory. Yeah, yeah. but yes, um, allusions to the originals, no doubt. Yeah, good, good things. Overall, good things. I feel like that's another non-spoiler thing I can say is they. I think they did a good job of. They had enough like allusions and homages and references without it being ham-fisted or overbearing or clogging up the movie with them. It was kind of a light touch with certain things. Yeah. And I, one thing I did like, interestingly enough, is how Corellia was a shipbuilding planet without it being... Um, because in the EU, I always got the impression that Corellia was just this cool place, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. But no, they turn it into... It's a shit heap. Yeah, they turn it into yeah. a, this is an industrial planet. Yeah, it makes sense. Just because it's a core world doesn't mean it's nice. A lot of people sure. make that assumption, but that's not necessarily true. Right. And of course, there are many planets, despite you know the casual Star Wars person, understandably thinking that there's not any difference because it's that's how it was, right? It's originally it's like, hey guys, here's the desert planet, here's the ice planet, here's the forest planet. Like it was very one note with a lot of the stuff and just yeah. straight up OT. Yeah. Planet of hats. There, there are many planets where they are in fact like our own. Where guess what? There are different climates and different like. Like yeah. you know, cities and stuff. Like if you look at Coruscant, for example, there are big stretches of Coruscant that are really nice, and then there are big stretches that are complete garbage heaps. And it's like a yeah. socio-political thing where it's like the lower you go, the more terrible it is. 
Yeah. You know, so it bears mentioning that, yeah, a planet can in fact be more than one thing. Yeah. Now, it's it's somewhat ambiguous. It doesn't necessarily say that the entire planet of Corellia is a shithole, but you get the impression that, like, but the where majority of it is totally a shithole. Yeah. yeah, at the very least, a good portion of where people actually live are, in fact, shitholes. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense if it's a big industrial thing, especially right. when it's, you know, under the, uh, you know, imperial rule now. It's right. also not just a, a heist movie, but it's a MacGuffin heist movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is a MacGuffin. We're very much after a MacGuffin. Yeah. Very pretty MacGuffin. But yeah, it's still a shiny MacGuffin, but a MacGuffin nonetheless. Yeah. 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 Um, other thing that was worth mentioning, um, which isn't a spoiler per se, um, I really liked Paul Bettany as a villain. Oh, yeah. Yes. I agree. You very rarely get to see him be a be malevolent. Yeah. But he did it very well. Yeah, I love the started minutes. off malevolent. Yeah. yeah. He started off his career malevolent. Well, you don't get to see it very often anymore. True, because now the vision. Because now he's the vision. Yeah, because I was just like, that is so Paul Bettany. Yeah, because you just he he almost he almost channels Sting when he goes malevolent. Yeah, kind of. You're right. Because yeah. he's got the face and he's got the voice. Yeah. You know, and it's like... It is somewhat stingy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. I'm going, am I watching Paul Bettany? I'm fucking watching Sting! Well, what I like about that that is that, like, um, it's a very different... Like, don't get me wrong, I mean, Darth Vader's Darth Vader. He's the man. It's awesome. But it's a very different kind of, like, uh, menace. Where it's mm-hmm. like, his menace is more like... He is very, uh, like cunning and calculating and has this organization it's not direct like in, like direct intimidation it's not like you got a guy in a big ass suit of armor with the laser sword and all this crazy shit right no, who can choke, choke you to death his mind he's more of a subtle like hey I'm kind of saying a thing that's not really a compliment but it sounds complimentary and like veiled threats and yeah, all this he's stuff he's much more yeah. a slow acting sweet poison exactly yes, exactly because there was never a point where they were in his presence that you did not feel as though he was about to kill somebody. Yep. Yeah. You know, you did not get the sense that you were ever safe. In it's more of a it's more of a slow corruption as opposed to a just scorch the earth thing. You know. Yeah. Because yeah. he, it's just that at any second he could just turn around and kill you. you know? yeah. As, as, as with Thanos, in that it. sense, because yeah. with Thanos, it was just like you never quite know, like who's he going to kill, who's safe, who's not safe. Oh, no one's really safe per se, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. you, it's unpredictable. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. He's fickle. Um, but yeah, yeah it was, it, it, so worth seeing in theaters? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. No, no caveats. You don't have to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. It's a, it's an enjoyable movie regardless. I'm yeah. not sure that I'm going to see it a second time at first run, even though we don't have a second run theater here in Springfield anymore. Um, there's like that. That's that. That's frequently my. Uh, my criteria uh, for movies that we end up reviewing for the show are, do I feel like I wasted my money? Right. Um, do I feel like I got my money's worth? Or do I feel like I really want to go see it again? Right. Like, and so far I don't think I've ever feel, felt quite like I wasted my money because we never talked about Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. And Justice League was okay. I felt like I got my money's worth on that movie. I, I would I would be right there with you on Suicide Squad if, if I hadn't seen it at the Palace when the Palace was still open because uh-huh. I spent like two bucks on it. Uh, I loved the Palace. If I had paid regular price, I'd be right there with you and be like, that was literally, that was not worth my money. We, we paid full price. Yeah. 
Uh, but that did not distract. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that Solo was as good as what was like on the same level as Justice League because I think Solo was significantly better than Justice League. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. Uh, but but Solo to me wasn't quite on the par with Rogue One. I, no, I agree with that as well. I agree with that very much so, yes. but that's because Rogue One was the Magnificent Seven in space, <laughs> and I really love the Magnificent Seven. And that's a good barometer you're talking about what, what, whether you would see it again or not with Rogue One. Well, not even just if you if you throw uh, theaters at you because you're just talking about repeat viewings in general. Mm-hmm. I would watch Rogue One multiple times. I have watched I Rogue One multiple times. Well, I yeah, so have I. But, <laughs> um, with Solo, like I might see it again, but I don't see myself seeing it like several times. Yeah, it's just like it was fun. I, I like it, and but I, I don't really thing, care to see it a bunch of times. The thing is, is what I, what I think I like the most about Rogue One is because it was so close to Star Wars. To so close to episode three, you mean four? Four episode four, um, that it was immediately visceral. Solo. Yeah, there's a sense of urgency there. It's hard to tell when exactly Solo happens. Yeah. It Other is than a place. long time ago and in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Also, well, that's a spoiler, so never mind. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Although there was a throw throwaway line in there. Okay, well, we'll we'll deal with that here in a second, perhaps, because yeah. that sounds like it also be a spoiler. We don't want to tempt fate at this point. Yeah. In any case, um, have either of you anything else to say? Uh, let's see. Seen it, go Non-spoilery see it. stuff. Um, I think they did a. Uh, I think they did a pretty good job with uh, with balancing their special effects. It didn't seem like there was too much obvious CG or like, you know. I feel like they did a good job on that front. Yeah. Balancing the CG and the practical and all that, which is, you know, the trend that they established with Force Awakens. So, yeah, that's good. And so it's important, like, too. It's important. It's not just beside the point because a lot of it is big set piece stuff because yeah. heist movie. Something really cool that I didn't know about uh, Force Awakens, by the way, that I found out during the pre-show to Solo, which is why it's relevant. Those foxes, mm-hmm. some of them were puppets. Like uh, actual think, physical puppets. I mean The Last Jedi. Yeah, those foxes weren't in Force Awakens. You're right, the Last Jedi. Sorry. Yeah, the snow. But those those crystal foxes. Some of them were actual mannequin puppets. They were not all CG. Which is hella impressive because I would have never known. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it was it was interesting. There was a lot of the, the. The pre show at Alamo was really really good. Alamo still doesn't sponsor us. But they should. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have a lot of interesting stuff in those pre-show things. I yeah, like the Deadpool two pre-show kind of sucked, but the the solo one was good. Oh well. Um, there will be music. Then there will be spoilers. So enjoy the music. Sorry, that music sucked. But in any case, now we've got spoilers. Um, I'm definitely going to play the 
the recording I made of me doing the Star Wars overture on kazoo, um, <laughs> which is why I can say confidently that the music sucked. It kind of reminds me of the little goofy music they play at the uh, before Monty Python the Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Spoilers. Um, thing that I was going to say before I realized it was a spoiler. Um, it still sort of opened with a text crawl, but not really. Yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah, just a long, a long time ago. Well, yeah. yeah it should of- have started just like Rogue One with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away action. Yeah. I don't feel like we really needed... Right. Corellia sucks. There are people who... There are children... There are orphans who are forced to work for this evil crime lady, and they're trying to... And they're trying to steal the thing. Everything they said was just shown to you in the actual movie. Yes. And that is a that is a cardinal rule of storytelling is show, no, don't, don't tell. tell. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Uh, it was so weird because it was like... I didn't know where... The, like, they were trying to split the difference, and it didn't make any sense. Like, either you go that route with Rogue One is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and you just get right to it, or you have the episodic, bah, 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 and do the big crawl. You don't do this weird half-assed thing that's unnecessary. Yeah, especially since, also, the text... It wasn't crawl. It was three slides of text were the yeah. same color and, and font blue. as... Yeah, it felt wrong. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's like, guys, people it already... It was just awkward and wrong! Well, it's like people are already trepidatious about this movie existing. It's like, don't troll them. Don't st- <laughs> don't troll the fans by doing this weird thing and already yeah. messing with the traditional... I liked the movie, but I will now proceed to shit on it for the next 40 minutes. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know. Well, that's the thing. is like, uh, little things like that, like are pretty much all the negatives I really have to say about it. I mean... I liked how they uh, how they incorporated his lucky dice. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> As a thing that from, from childhood. Yep. Know. Yeah, you know, I think they did a good job of, uh, you know, getting right to it with, like, you know, things happening and action and chases and whatnot. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, the original Star Wars movie. It's like you're just thrown into the mix and they're, yeah. you know, ships shooting each other and Darth Vader storms on board and yeah. Chuck slams a bitch and it's like... Everything started... You're just right in there, you know? Yeah. Uh, it started immediately! Whee! Which is fitting because, you know, it's episode four, right? So you are being literally thrown right into it. Yes. Uh-huh. But anyway, enough about that. Solo. Um, so we get, a, we get a glimpse of the time frame for Solo because... Uh, there's a point where someone says, talk about somebody who killed Aura Singh. Can you speak up just a little bit, by the way, Ben, unless your voice is dead? Uh, no, um, <laughs> Sorry. So wor- Tobias Beckett, mm-hmm. uh, the, Woody Harrelson's character, is supposed to be the person who killed Aura Singh. Um, I don't know who that is, so... Aura Singh was the white-skinned uh, bounty hunter. Um, she worked with Cad Bane. Oh, like the, like the albino. Yeah. Yeah. Had the little antenna sticking out of her head. That's from the uh, the Clone Wars show? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I didn't watch the Clone Wars show, so... Yeah. I can't remember. Was she in Rebels as well? I don't I didn't watch was... Rebels either, so... Um... No, last her. No, I don't know. That would that wouldn't make sense with the timeline. I don't think. Yeah, no. Her last appearance was in was in uh, Clone Wars. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because it was before 10 BBY, according to that. Because Tobias says he pushed her. He's, it was the fall that killed her. <laughs> but that, that puts her, you know... Puts so her roughly same. 10 years before Battle of Yavin. Yeah. Before I, episode 4. Or be, uh, mm-hmm. sooner than 10, 10 BBY. Mm-hmm. Okay, Battle well, at least that early. Okay, yeah. Right. Further things to for me to, to uh, bitch about. He... Uh, he actually did have the Corellian blood stripes, but he doesn't appear to have re- legitimately earned them. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we don't see where he earned them. Well, that's that. at the very least. We see him deserting. Yeah, so, but he was in the Empire. He was serving the Empire. I, li- I like his one line, it's their planet. <laughs> right, they're the hostiles, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and to be fair, uh, to get into some Uber murder here, like... The, the Corellian blood trap thing, like, that's just a Corellian thing, right? Like, yeah. there doesn't necessarily have to be, like, some sort yeah, of higher yeah, thing Yeah, that's involved. Corellian army, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Although it didn't look like he was ever technically a part of the Corellian army, either, to get into Fane Wankery. Right, exactly. So... Maybe there were his dads, I don't know. Yeah. Of course, there is the time between, you know, the end of that movie and... That must have been pretty sad, because I didn't even forward. notice the stripes. I was looking for them... And it literally is in, like, one scene when you're panning past him. Uh, it's not something that, unless you were specifically looking for it, you'd even freaking see. Yeah. Yeah. And I could have been, and I could have just been trying to see it and saw it because I tried to. I could be crazy. But also <laughs> got to remember the Corellian Bloodstripe and reference to that uh, is in a non-canon book. It's in EU, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Which is now officially... Non-canonical, right? Yes. Right. So therefore, there's nothing contradictory about said movie because said movie is a Disney movie <laughs> right. that says, "Hey guys, all that other stuff is non-canonical." Yeah, this is true. Right. So that's yes. really just kind of a so, trivia thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, childhood. I, I feel like when they're going, <laughs> I feel like this one. This was a movie where they actually did manage to, like, I'm gonna get on a soapbox here for a second. Here we go. Sorry. Um, a lot of people including a couple of my close friends, really bitch about Disney killing the, the expanded universe. And it makes perfect sense for them to have done that. Yeah. Because then they don't have to worry and deal with right. 20 years of back canon that, that they, isn't uh, consistent to yeah. begin with. Yeah. That and ignores its own canon. Exactly. <laughs> Instead, they can, now that they have absolute control of the canon... Simply recanonize anything they like, like they did with motherfucking Thrawn. Power, mm-hmm. unlimited power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so they, yeah. sorry. That's my my soapbox here is, uh, and the reason I'm, I'm thinking of that is because it's a Star Wars movie, and apparently a bunch of Fan. EU fanwank crybaby boys apparently scared some what's her name off of. Instagram a while back. Oh, you're yeah. talking about the uh, the the gal that plays Rose from yeah, the Jedi. because Kelly Kelly Marie Tran, that's her name. Yeah, yeah. The, they, they harassed her off of off of Instagram because she's not white and female. Yeah, or something. They didn't like the character. They didn't like the movie. Blah blah. Yeah, blah. they didn't like the movie. So crap. so I didn't like the movie. So fuck her. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing is Star Wars has begun to. Star Wars fandom has begun to turn toxic. Yeah. Yes. It's hard to quantify that. It there, well, there is there's there's a massive schism, which is to, which is toxic. Yeah. There. there okay. A, a 
a segment of Star Wars fandom. Yeah, right. Has turned. Yeah. Now, I don't. I don't. I don't want to, like, hate on my friends who are mad about them eliminating the EU. I understand why they are. Well, why they did, why they are, and and you know because it, that was a big thing for them. But I do support the decision that Disney made. But at the end of the day, it's just like when we talk about like reboots and remakes mm-hmm. and stuff, where it's like the originals are still there. Yeah, it's just like why should they care what the company considers canonical? If you like the story, great, it's still in your brain. Enjoy it. The only like, thing that, it's that, that the, only, the only thing that that can be said unhappily about that is. They're not going to continue the storyline that was in the expanded that, that was going at, at the time in the expanded universe, the the overall meta narrative, because the expanded universe is now dead. Right. And I can understand being even disappointed by that. I, I feel like sorry, ul- sucks to be you. <clears throat> I feel like ultimately, uh, it's one of those cases where it's like, uh, and I, I, it's not because I'm trying to be insulting, but it's just a good analogy is when. Uh, a child thinks that they really want something, but what they need is to not do the thing or to have some kind of boundary or whatever, where it's like later on, you think back to that and you're like, oh, wait a minute, I was being a silly kid and it's actually good that my parents didn't let me do this thing or Mm -hmm. whatever. So it's like, they think that's what they want, but in reality all that does is put all these restraints on what they can do with the Star Wars IP because they have to try to be consistent with decades of crazy stuff, which by the way, even... And I'm, I'm saying this as a huge EU fan. I ate up a lot of the books and games and stuff. I loved a lot of it. I also never hesitate to acknowledge a lot of it is crap. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? When you get a big profitable franchise that's farmed out like that, you're going to have crap. Yeah. When you can easily sell something because, hey guys, it's Star Wars, then you're going to have crap. Because yeah. people are going to be lazy. People are going to be greedy. They're going to do things and just shove it out the door to make a quick buck, and it's going to suck. And, and that goes with are, a lot of things, not just Star Wars. And fans are going to eat it up because it is a measure of fandom. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, and I will offend uh, with this. A lot of the fanboys who are turning toxic are doing so because, you know, oh, they took away everything. Because they're, for years and years, they were the ones that Star Wars was, was catering to. And now they're pissed off in my opinion. Because they're not being catered to as much anymore? Because they're not kissing their ass hard enough. Right. You know? There's definitely some validity to that. Uh, You know, and and the thing is, is that Star Wars has figured out, hey, you know what? We have fans who are female. We have fans who are black. Right. We have writers who are black. (laughs) We have writers who are female. Hey, let's, you know, let's... Put a you know let's make a female hero Jen Corso oh my god <laughs> you know total badass I loved her uh, you know oh sorry mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just remember a thing Jez no 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 I'll remember a thing I'm okay. remembering it see remember the thing my finger is up and everything it's remembering okay. so remember the thing <laughs> so yeah and they're and they're so they are finding hey we have fans that we have not yet. Fans whose ass we have not yet kissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and I, do, I do think it, at times it does go overboard. They're just straight up pandering. I think there's a balance to be, a balance to the force, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it's like, I don't, I, 
I, I, I like all the new Star Wars stuff. I have criticisms because I'm a person with a brain who doesn't think everything's perfect. Yeah, right. But I love the new Star Wars movies as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some I like better than others, blah, blah, blah. But all the new Star Wars stuff, as far as like the movies and the t- TV show and like the big like marquee stuff, I like all of it. Now, that being said, uh, I, I think it's kind of like the yin to the yang, right? Like, it, you can cater to all the old school fans and be like, oh, nothing ever changes and all just the same stuff. And then there's also just kind of a, like, a mercenary diversity thing where it's like, oh, wait a minute. If we really play up this angle, like the strong, empowered female, then it's going to sell really well. And it's but like, how is that different from saying if we really, if we just t- take a white guy, it's going to sell really well? Well, that's what I'm saying is that it's two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, the point is... There are people that take that to an extreme. I'm sorry to have derailed the podcast, by the way. I'll no, no, it's, well, just, it's still relevant. It's yeah. still relevant to this movie because this movie, you know, hey, it's a solo movie. Main guy's a white guy. <laughs> well, I, I don't know though. I mean, there, there was there's a ton of female characters in this. The crime lord boss at the beginning was female. The droid is arguably female, even though it's a droid because it's a female voice and there's the and all the yeah. stuff that they do with it. Uh, and then yeah. you have his, uh, you know, his. I, I, I don't really want to say love interest because that's kind of that kind of. There's more Which, to it than that. Kira. Uh, Kira. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll say childhood friend. Yeah. And and, uh, and this leads into the thing that I remembered. Which was which made me laugh out loud in the theater and get looked at by strangely by people. What? She practices terrace cost. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that was like, such a deep cut nerd thing. I, was I like, know. Yes. I was like, that's awesome. Terrace what? Terrace cost. It's space martial arts. It was okay. PlayStation One. There's a game called Star Wars Masters of Terrace Cost, and it was like a Street Fighter esque 2D fighting game. And it wasn't very good. No. <laughs> but she does. But she it, knows. But she knows Terrace There have been other references to it throughout the EU, yeah, like books okay. and stuff. But I just thought that was such a funny deep. Cut nerd thing. Yeah, I was like, yes. Yeah, no, I, I laughed. I laughed about like I was laughing right now in the theater, and I had a couple people look at me like, "What is wrong with this?" Well, guy? I didn't laugh maniacally, to be fair, but yeah. I, I smirked. <laughs> I appreciated it. But anyway, uh, to get back on track here, Terrence Cossey. I learned in like there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The thing, like, like, Star Wars is yeah. a unique fandom in the sense that, um, well, I don't know, because. Doctor Who, for example, goes back way further back than Star Wars does. Yeah. yeah. But, I don't know. Point is, yeah, people are going to be dumb. People are going to be dumb on the internet. So, other interesting thing. Um, obviously, that uh, that bounty hunter costume is just something Lando has lying around all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, the... they use the exact same disguise. I'm like, I thought that was a little unnecessary. I'm like, I get it, guys. You're 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 referencing old yeah. stuff. Good for you. <laughs> well, no, I, I just like the the picture because it's Lando who dresses up in it next. Obviously, this is just an outfit that Lando just has. Yeah. Like it was. I need a disguise. Well, let's see what I've got in my closet. Yeah, and the <laughs> closet full of capes. Yeah. Oh my god. It's like it's like McDonald it's like Ronald McDonald's closet where there's all the clown suits that are identical. Yeah. yeah. Although this one of course wasn't identical. It was all the colors of the rainbow, there's yes. all the styles and all the things. Right? Yeah. I just yeah. had to try one of the capes up. Right. And and I like okay, now I enjoyed the character of L three. Just for her own you know, I because liked her that's too. who she was. 
Um, and I, I love that her name was L337, which is Leet. Oh, that's the full name? Yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. That's great. I yes. Didn't, well, that's why I didn't like her then, because she was an elitist. <laughs> right? She was Leet, right? Uh, yeah. Um, she was uber Leet. Right, exactly. Exactly. And I, and I like how she becomes the Millennium Falcon. I thought that was a nice touch. I mean, it wasn't all bad, but I just I wasn't really a big fan of the character. I just thought it was a, too, a little too ham-fisted. It just seemed kind of out of... I don't know. The whole, like, droid rights, and I... Yeah, I it just seemed I, kind I of out of place in the movie, to me, honestly. I didn't to jam too much into it. I enjoyed seeing a droid go that direction. But I, I, I just... I liked the way that they had the character move and, and, and act, and also the chemistry between her and Lando. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and the whole thing where she thought Lando was in love with her, uh, when you know, and you're getting, you know, it's like she's she's actually the one who's secretly in love with Lando. I only ever got that Lando was in love with one person in that entire movie. Himself, Lando. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, the thing is, is he actually did care about her. Yeah, I he mean, cared about her, but I, he wasn't in love. With her. Yeah, no. no. But yeah. he, yeah, that's the thing is that that was the thing we get to see about Lando. Uh, that is reflected later on, mm-hmm. you know, on on Bespin, is he's not a total wanker. I mean, he does care, you know, because like on Bespin, you know, he realized, holy shit, you know, everybody's in, you know, in danger. He stops in the middle of in the middle of a you know in the middle of a getaway. This is the same lander who stops in the middle of a getaway years later to uh, you know to warn everybody to get off the station. Yeah. There's also, I feel, a bit of irony in Lando getting to Kessel and being like, man, I hate mining colonies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he ends up running Cloud City later. I didn't even pick up on that because I just saw it before the the cast. That's that's a good point, actually. There's there's irony there. There's a lot of irony going on, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, I loved... uh, we, We... we didn't delve deep dive into the Chewbacca stuff yet. I loved how they met, and I saw that coming a mile away. By the way, whenever they're like, "Oh, like the Beast," and you don't see yeah, the Beast him, right away, I'm like, "Well, clearly it's, it's got to be Chewbacca." It's Chewbacca. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Chewie all covered in mud. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I speak a little. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, and, and and the interpretation of that was yeah was oh when you was see pretty... him speaking Shri Rook yeah with subtitles yeah the broken Shri Rook yeah, yeah it's really badly like yeah we like have a plan to do is to get out or something yeah. like secret battle like, yeah, yeah secret there's battle, a lot of yeah. it was like it was like the opening to Zero Wing you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the it vaguely communicates the ideas but it doesn't yeah. really make sense in the literal sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it they slipped us the bomb or somebody, somebody set, set up us the bomb somebody set up us the bomb set up us the bomb yeah, yeah. <laughs> we set them up we set up we just we how are you gentlemen all your base are belong to us <laughs> you have no chance to survive make your time ha 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 <laughs> yeah yeah, it's take stuff. off all zig. Yeah, uh, move zig, move zig, move zig. Take off every zig for yeah. great justice. For great justice. All right, we've had we've we've <laughs> we've milked that dry. Yes. All right, at so, least for this episode. So is this uh, <laughs> is this sure whooperish or what? I don't know. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> but yeah, and, and yeah, it makes you wonder. I think you pointed this out earlier. It's like where do you pick up the, a little? Yeah, where did you yeah. pick up a little sure whoop? Um, but he obviously knows what a Wookiee is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and which is knows. also uncommon because 
Wookiees aren't exactly common species at this point in time. And yeah, well, they they are they are enslaved by the Empire though, and it's a factory planet. So maybe yeah. maybe there are some Wookiees doing hard labor. But he wasn't on he wasn't on Corellia at the time. He was some other planet. Well, yeah, no, but the. the Oh, like the theory is that he Corellia. learned it on Corellia. Now I got you. Yeah, and it's yeah. useful now. Right. Yeah, and that that sounds that seems like a completely Han Solo thing to do. Yeah. You know, is I mean, ultimately it doesn't matter, but it's funny to think about. Yeah, I right. always like the concept <laughs> of uh, of Han Solo also just being a master of languages, unconscious. Like, because if, if you think about it, in uh, the special edition, he goes and he talks to Jabba too, and Jabba's speaking uh, Hatties. And he just and he's just caught and he's just conversing and back out of a common right or <laughs> in Galactic Standard basic and, or also with Greedo yeah. basic motherfucker uh, yeah. speaking yeah basic Greedo, whatever the hell it's called yeah that's a good yeah. point actually because yeah he understands Rodis yeah. yeah he like understands he all understands all the at least three languages. languages that are not basic yeah right um, move over C three PO we've got Han Solo <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why I didn't care if C-3PO got shut off. He's like, I can just translate anything. Right. I'll <laughs> translate that shit. <laughs> I'm reminded of, uh, of the Expanded Universe. Uh, Chewbacca's cousin, Lobaka, had, a, had MTD, the personal translator droid, who would frequently comment, I am fluent in over six forms of communication. <laughs> Programmed by C-3PO, everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, he, he, he gets... Uh, Rodis, he gets Huddies. Although I'm wondering if if uh, Greedo was actually speaking Huddies. Uh, that's a good possibility. Because uh, a lot of people <laughs> on working for job are going to at least double <laughs> well, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, um, yeah. Because never really established. That's hard to say, but yeah, it's some pretty deep cut nerd stuff at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, we get that he he speaks a lot of languages, um, but uh, and I. Uh, <laughs> you know how much brain it takes to make words go. Um, <laughs> um, I've been using that all week since you told me that. It's uh, great. It's it's fantastic little uh, little line. Oh, another another uh, like thing that's early in the movie and like early in his whole like coming of age story that I thought was a nice touch was how uh, we we knew from like uh, EU stuff uh, that he had been in the Imperial Academy. Uh, but I love how it's like he, he marches up there, you know, swaggeries always, and is like, I'm going to be a pilot, I'm going to do the thing. And he's like, okay, sure. And then it's just like hard cut to him, like, in the trenches as an infantry guy, almost yeah. getting his ass shot off. And it's like, yes, that is how that would actually go. They would just be like, sure, random person, we're going to give you a spot in this much sought after flight well, Actually, no, he was in the academy. He got, oh, he got kicked out. He got kicked out. But you were right, that is still exactly how that would go. But yes, the, yeah. <laughs> he would be in there for a hot second, and they'd be like, this guy is a dick who can't this take orders. This guy doesn't know how to take orders. So let's go get him killed in the front lines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and I like the uh, um, the whole thing with Woody's team getting, you know, him him spotting uh, to, uh, Beckett's team. Oh, yeah. Game, <laughs> yeah. Well, game recognized game. Right? Exactly, yeah. It's like, I've been running hustles, you know, yeah. my entire life. I know a hustle when I see one. I'm yeah. going... Yep. And I want in. Yeah, exactly. I want all this godforsaken yeah. planet. <laughs> right. Because yeah. yeah, you can tell his voice. And the thing is, is see, that's to me, that's not, that's not deserting out of cowardice. That's they, they just they. That's managed. deserting out of intelligence. Yeah. They they of course they make the empire such that 
being a deserter is almost a badge of pride. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, I love the way that they managed to pull that off. Yeah. You know, because he's, he obviously feels, I mean, that one line, just like, we're the hostiles. <laughs> well, and also, it wasn't, I mean, there was that level of it, too, of course, because, like, you know, uh, I mean, he was no hero at that point, but he's also not a dick. He's also not evil or malicious. He doesn't want to be on the wrong side of a war. He, yeah. He's a pragmatist, and his at that point, his allegiance was to his friend who he wanted to come back and save. So he doesn't care how he does it. He just exactly. wants to do it. So he's like, if that means I have to put on a uniform so I can be a pilot and do the thing, then that's what I'll do. If that means I have to desert and go do this other thing, then that's what I'll do. Right. So it's like, again, you kind of see the beginnings of that, like, rogue with a heart of gold thing because it's like yeah he's doing he'll do shady stuff he'll do what he has to do you mm -hmm. know he's no saint he scams people and steals and does all this stuff but at the same time like he generally has good intentions oh yeah and is actually trying to like honor his word when it comes to shit well not only that but when you when you get back after the end of the first heist yeah <laughs> after that goes bad you know and right. he ends up actually saving Beckett's life mm -hmm. you know by dropping it because he, they drop it the pirates don't get it. That's another thing I'll get to later about the yeah. heart of gold thing. Right. You know, but Beckett tries to tell him, go, I'll handle this. He's like, no, I was with this. I was with you. I was a part of this. You know, I'm yeah. going with you. He tries to couch it in, I need the money. Right. But you, there's, <coughs> there's also much, I'm not going to abandon you. Exactly. There's a lot of that lie that you don't believe. Yeah, that's right. the thing. Like, that, that, that's always been a through line with, with Han. He always says, okay, I'm leaving now. He never leaves. Right. Yeah. The closest he gets is when he loads his reward up on the Millennium Falcon right. and goes away for, like, ten A minutes. Minute. <laughs> yeah. Before he realizes... Because you know he's flying away, and he's like, ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and turning around. Well, you know like he, he does a couple ear... times in that movie. Well, you know, he got an earful from Chewie. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I wonder how much of that was him, yeah. and how much of that was the Wookiee angel on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but <laughs> especially now that this is canon, like, what you didn't leave, you didn't leave Beckett. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and the the other thing is, is that we the minute we discovered who the pirates really were. Yep. I was going, oh fuck, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and then the uh, and then uh, I knew the jig was up. When they pull it out and all of it's there, you know, and it was, you know, it's like, no, 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 this is, they didn't have time. I liked, I liked Paul's, but it's, it, I know, it looks really good. If I didn't know, if I, if I weren't convinced that it weren't the real thing, I wouldn't think it was. <laughs> and he's going, no, this is the real thing. No, it, it he's really not is. lying. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, just as an aside... Well, it's also been proven very effectively. Han can't, can't lie, lie to save his life. <laughs> yeah. We're all fine here now. How are you? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> well, it's like, and, and even earlier in the movie, like, I got 30 guys in that... And flies away. <laughs> that was one of the best, like, physical comedy gags ever, by the way. Just, yeah. Lando just taken off, like, right in the middle yeah. of the bluff. That was and, and then, you know, you're going, uh, what did you do with your thing? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you go ahead and go with your thing, I. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. But, um, but you knew that there was going to be a double cross of Bettany. Uh, you know, of... Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was oh, it before I forget, I wanted to make sure I mentioned, just as an aside here, um, that's one of the few pirate gingers I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it was well, just yeah. Like, she was almost on a bino. I mean, she... 
because she had the yeah she was it's re- like that is not what I was expecting at all yeah um, and the you know the whole thing I love that yacht though yeah, yeah that, that was that was that that, uh, that yacht was great um, and uh, hey we got a cameo from Darth Maul everybody yeah which it's, makes a weird bit of sense it's kind of like it's unnecessary but I don't mind it well it will he is officially running Crimson Dawn the Crimson Dawn. Uh, as of okay, uh, as of um, Clone Wars, I guess he I, survived getting killed on a, on on Naboo. You mean and, getting cut in half? Yes, he was getting killed though. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, I did in fact say that on purpose. Well, I guess I would, I would couch it this way. I and would say it would be, it, it's got to be weird for the people that don't watch the other stuff. Because if you just watch the movies and that's it, you're like, what? Yeah. Well, that was. Or you re- think it's some other. That was the reason why he had to dramatically looking. turn on his lightsaber at the end, even though that was stupid. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that you know. It's it's, so that people would know. That's actually. Oh, Darth it, Maul. it's actually Darth Maul. Not just another Zabrak. Yeah. Similar stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Not just some guy who looks like him. No, it sounds like him, and yeah. Uh, but yeah, that yeah. was. I agree that that was really silly. It's like, hey, look, a lightsaber. I've got a lightsaber. <laughs> you know, all fear all me in my lightsaber. lightsaber. All, we, all we needed was to see that. Yeah. Why don't we? We didn't need to see him turn it on. Yeah. Also, that kind of ruins the perfect record of there not being a lightsaber in this movie. This is true. <laughs> they almost had, but they couldn't nail the landing. They just had to ignite a lightsaber. Yep. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, let's see what else? Okay, we get to see Han shoots first. Yes, we get to shoot to see Han shoots first. It's actually a spoiler this week. Yeah. Yeah, it was a spoiler non-spoiler because spoiler you thought we were talking about when he talked to Greedo, when he shot Greedo. <laughs> but yeah, that sets the precedent for Han shooting first. And I, <laughs> and I love the whole. I'm going to tell you the real pure. because he's like, because yeah. what well, you know, he saw well, yeah, that he, shit coming. Yeah, and he's and he's saying. All right, well, I'm going to teach you the most important lesson. Pow! And you know that his next words were to shoot first. Yeah. But yeah. then he got shot first. Right, and it's like, I would have done the same thing. Well, by the way, I love the anti-trope trope of somebody killing someone when the other person is in the middle of saying a thing. Yes. Because in so many instances in television and movies and everything, it's always just like, oh, well, there is a line of dialogue to give, therefore this person cannot get killed by something or be killed by the person when it's happening. It's like... No, in life, shit just happens. Yeah, it's for some monologuing. Like, here's a great, a great example of that is early in the movie where that, like, gung-ho officer is like, yeah, we're going to do the thing, and poof, and he just gets blown up by an artillery shell. And, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, yep, that's realistic. He's out there in the open being a dumbass. He gets killed. <laughs> right? I, I refer to that, uh, thanks to Dragon Ball Z, as Frieza power-up syndrome. Mm. Yeah. It has, he, Frieza has multiple forms. We've got to actually let him transform between the forms, even though he's incredibly weak while he's focusing his power to do so. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I go with the monologuing. It's the monologuing trope. Yeah. Where I'm shading the monologue. Right. You caught me monologuing. <laughs> you, you slide, slide dog. dog. You. <laughs> yeah, but that. But at least in that case, they were hang. They were lampshading it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. Well, it was a send up of a lot of that stuff. So you know. Yeah. yeah. He starts monologuing. <laughs> but yeah, he, he catches him. He catches him mid monologue. Which, by the way, that that villain of syndrome is prophetic because he represents all the toxicity and stupidity and fandoms. And now, fast forward from two thousand what four? Yeah. 
it's been it's been like fourteen friggin' years, and now it's like and we're random people on the internet are syndrome. Yeah, they're the way you're up liking a thing, and they felt that that thing like Star Wars belonged to them for some reason and betrayed them, and thus they have turned into its. Therefore, they must be. I am your nemesis. Oh man! And they're doing exactly that. Your nemesis. Ah shit. Right. Incredibles is still my second favorite Pixar movie. It's really good. It's yeah. I'm much more of a sucker for Wall-E though. They're the only two I own. I, I like Molly too, uh, but at any rate, um, thinking uh, solo, solo. Um, I loved how we get to see how the Millennium Falcon goes from Lando's pride and joy <laughs> to the beat up hunk of junk. Right. That what we, a piece of junk. Yeah, because it's uh, we see we see the the original dish get ripped off. Well, it's like, it gets put through the ringer, right? Because yeah. it's like, this you gotta think, this is the beginning of Solo's smuggling career. Yeah. And it's already been beat to hell. Yeah. So can you imagine what that thing goes through to get from point A to point B where, you know, Luke and Leia are like, what is this thing? This is a piece of crap. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is in movies, we were used to seeing these gleaming, smooth ships. Yeah, the, the, well, the Falcon is greebled the fuck out. By the way, I think they did a good job of, uh, of kind of um, skirting the line of, like, uh, sleek, smooth, shiny things and broken down, gritty things. Because it was kind of like you had the lived-in feel with, like, the original trilogy stuff, but then you also, like, the Empire hadn't been doing its thing for decades yet. Yeah. So, like, you still saw, like, the last glimmers of stuff that doesn't look like crap, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. like you're kind of going into, like, dystopian mode, but you're not quite there yet. You're just, like, at a stop along the way. Yeah. So, like, I feel like it was both uh, visually appealing and consistent with, like, yeah, what time three. and place you were in the universe. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing, the great thing about it was is that, you know, we see it with the original, the, the nose intact. What does he do? Fires the escape pod that we then hear... The Empire talking about being jettisoned in in New Hope. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I see the significance there. In in New Hope, they talk about the ship taking off from us Eisley. Yeah, and they jettisoned the escape pod. They did. Yes, I don't it remember says that. They, they escaped the the uh, the log shows they uh, they jettisoned the escape pod uh, just after uh, just after uh, takeoff. Oh, I huh. I only remember the um, the whole like escape pod with R two D two and C three PO in it in the in the Krillin Corvette. Yeah, no, I remember you saying some. I remember them saying something about an escape pod, but I haven't watched a New Hope in more than a hot minute. So well, I, I guess that just means I'll have to watch that movie again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's right after. Yeah, it's when they it's when they uh, when they brought the Millennium Falcon on right. board the uh, I didn't the Death guess Star, um, and because uh, I was going. Shit, that size doesn't have escape pods. Well, yes, it does. Or it did. <laughs> it has one. It has one. It goes between the gap in the nose. Yeah, uh, which was great uh, and, and actually done for use. Um, but also, you know, like I said, and Han loves the ship from the beginning. Right. Yep. From the mini. I love that line at the end. He uh, where he's like, uh, "Believe me, it's mutual." Yeah. He's like, you, I think Lando says, uh, like, man, you really have it bad for the Falcon or something like that. Yeah. He's like, believe me, it's mutual. <laughs> it's mutual, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And yeah, that's great. Lando cheats at Sabacc. Yep. Go figure. It's almost like he's a scoundrel. Yeah. 
We don't have enough scammers in our lives. But I thought that was that was a nice symmetrical way of like out cheating the cheater. You know, yeah. Like, because he well, didn't just he didn't just take it away from him. He then used it. No, he didn't. He, yes, he, he did. No, because he he said he laid it down and uh, it's like if you had this, it would and hold it up separately. Oh, was that not considered part of his hand? Right, yeah. Oh, okay, so I misinterpreted that. So that was just the reveal. Yeah, that was That the wasn't him completing his hand or anything. No, that, yeah, was no him, that was him showing, A, I have a better hand than you, and B, I caught you cheating, motherfucker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that made the... Okay, well, then that's better because but then it, there's not that, you know, yeah. asterisk there. <laughs> yeah, but it also sets up the greeting when he runs into Lando later on. You've got a lot of nerves showing up after what you did. Oh, yeah, after what you pulled. <laughs> after yeah. what you pulled. After what I pulled. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, now that there's new layers with that. <laughs> exactly. And then, the, then, the, you know, then the, the hostile and then the, you know, the greeting, you know, yeah. and it just like... Yeah. Because uh, he sees it, he goes, uh, and you can see the plan just go right there. Yeah. This is how I'm going to win. <laughs> you know? Well, it's, it's also fitting, too, because, like... Uh, wasn't Chewie was Chewie around to see the card game? I, I can't remember. Was he? There? He was around the first. Yeah, he was there. That's yeah. what I thought. Because then in Empire, whenever like Lando is betraying them and stuff, and and Chewie's like, you know, after he releases them, after he yeah. does the double betrayal thing, right. and Chewie's like choking him. Like now that there's all that history with the crap he pulled before, it makes it even better. Right. Because exactly. it's like again that 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 gag where he just flies off. Like <laughs> right. you know, he was already kind of like you know being all like. You yeah, know, I'm sure back he's and forth wishy washy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like no, I'm sure he's forgotten about and that. Chewie being Mister Life Debt Honorable Guy, like he's not yeah. a big fan of that bullshit. You know? Right, exactly. Like, he tolerates that kind of stuff from Han because he has to. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know? he's gotta. Yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, and, you know that's the things we never actually see that overtly mentioned in Solo. The Life Debt thing, I yeah, I thought about yeah. that. I was like, I th- I kind of read played the events and I'm like, hmm, what did they cover? What didn't they? Like, oh, they never actually addressed the Life Debt thing. Yeah, they, so, they didn't. It may um, come up later. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I figure the best. I I figure that it's mostly established from getting him off of that planet. Yeah. Well, and well, I think it's kind of kind of helped each other though. It yeah, wasn't like it's, a, he didn't like obviously overtly save his life or something. I, it's one of those things that Chewie just kind of. I think Chewie just kind of assumes. I don't and know. and eventually it comes Burning up. Running out of time, by the way, folks. But you, you know, you mentioned Han can't lie worth a damn. But he can bluff like nobody's business. Right. <laughs> yep. I, I love the whole theater cracked up at the end when he shows him when he shows Chewie his hand. He's like, <laughs> you know, just like, oh fuck, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I also enjoyed the the gag where they had the the grand alien with all the eyeballs, and he's like, eyes on your own cards, all of them. Yeah. All of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it just kind of goes like and creaks back over. Right. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of weird aliens just to have weird aliens in the movie, but I thought that was actually a good use of, of alien a weird species. Alien. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that's one of the best places you could have weird aliens is in a bar as background characters. Yeah, yeah. Even if some of them are just I, that's old, where we saw costumes. most of the weird aliens in A New Hope was right. at the cantina, the exactly. Devronian, the Tals, the yeah. uh, the Thorian, yeah. um, the Five Bith. Yeah. And who else could I think of? Um, the old nutsack chin guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah with the, uh, Who? The, oh, this this is this is a fun little thing. So during the pre-show at Alamo, um, they were ship running old Kenner commercials for these things. Oh yeah. Oh. And they they had Papa Banda as Walrus Man. 
Yeah, walrus, walrus man. man. Yes. <laughs> before, before someone said told, told uh, Lucas, okay, we need a backstory and a name for this guy. It's like, yeah. but he's just a guy in a discount Wolfman co- mask. I don't care. Make it up. Yeah, make it up. Because, because all of legitimately, if you look at yeah. the background, there is just a dude in a Wolfman mask. Like, that's yeah. really all it is. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like with like Halloween, where it's like a weird version of a William Shatner mask, and then yeah. it becomes a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the great thing about the the uh, the original cantina scene is it's actually two scenes. Part of it was shot in London. Part of it was shot, I think, in Hollywood. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it was actually done as part as two scenes. Uh, I think some of the background was done as part of two scenes. But um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Han can bluff and Chewie. I, I, th- I love that Chewie played to it. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, and I was just like, everybody in the in the theater laughed. I'm going, yeah, that's Chewie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, final thoughts? Um, it was good. See it? Yep. At least yeah. once? Don't believe the, uh, the negative. Yeah, the, like, uh, everyone's like, it's, and I, I, I'm mad more than anything else. I'm mad at Disney. Because they're like, yeah. this movie didn't make all the money. And like, well, no shit. You're going up against Deadpool two. Deadpool two. There's there's a whole laundry list and of reasons. And yourself with the Incredibles two, and uh, like, and, and and I'm sorry, you're you're not expecting. <coughs> you've had you've had what three months of hype for this movie? Yeah, you're trying to do an entire advertising and marketing campaign for a Star Wars movie in three months. Yeah. Uh, and this is no. not a main episodic. Uh, ep- this is not a main episode. Mm-hmm. And you think it's gonna do, and you think it's gonna turn that kind of profit? Well, it's it's like, gonna make money. And they, and they did that. They they pulled but, it off with Rogue One. They had more time to play with and yeah. stuff. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's just you know it's one of those things where they're a bit of a victim of their own hubris. With you know it's like oh well it's Han so yeah it's an instant giant hit. It's like mm. yeah, no, but it's not Harrison Ford. Yeah, there's a there's a difference. Because <laughs> there's no one can play Han Solo quite like Harrison Ford. Although this guy did a good job of it. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, did. he did a good job. I was, I you know, I basically, yeah. I wouldn't, I would say my final thought for it is basically like, I didn't, I, I didn't go into it, uh, bu- like, buying into any of the negative buzz, and I also didn't go into it going, oh man, this is going to be so amazing. I just, I just thought it'll probably be an entertaining movie. We'll see how it goes. I entered it with an open mind, and I got what I expected, which was a fun. You know, a fun movie that's not necessary, quote unquote, but is a good movie and is worth seeing. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a good Star Wars. It's not movie. the it's not the best thing since sliced bread. I still like Rogue One better. Um, yeah, but it's a good movie. Yeah, and I actually like this one better than the Last Jedi. A very different movie. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to it's compare. Just, it just it had they got I like so much. Movies. I will say this: <laughs> it was definitely better paced and edited than the Last Jedi. Yes, yeah. this is true. This is true. I just I liked it better. I just liked it. It's a lot more coherent with like the narrative and stuff, yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I would go see this one again before I'd see Last Jedi. I'd see this one again if someone else was paying. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, I compare this. I would compare this to Armageddon versus uh, Deep Impact. <laughs> Same concept, different uh, different uh, execution. And well, one is vastly more entertaining. Okay, well, we'll we'll have to argue about that point later, um, <laughs> because I'm sure that you and I have different opinions of what, about which one of those movies is better. I liked Armageddon. 
Okay, well then, as a contrarian, I have to have said I liked Deep Impact, even though I really didn't see either of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, like, I have no firm opinion of either of them, but obviously I liked Deep, Deep Impact more. Because, uh, because you had to. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, next week, um, we got a couple ideas of what we can talk about, I, but uh, we'll leave that for next week. Um, ooh, Mystery episode. Mysterious. Oh. Just like the airhead flavor that you don't know what it is. You know what the, you, by the way, you know what the mystery airhead flavor is? Castoffs from all of the other flavors. <laughs> like, no, it's all the flavors mixed Thanks. together. Thanks, Neil, for ruining it for everyone. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, this has been Neil. Mike. And the one true Ben. And we will talk to you next week on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter L and the number 52. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. We read everything. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one at Patreon. A final thought. You are still tearing us apart, Lisa.